So here's what we're gonna do. Uh, for those of you who are guests with us today, uh, we're gonna turn our attention to the preaching and teaching of God's word. And uh, we believe here that where the Bible is proclaimed, truth is proclaimed, it sets us free in Jesus' name. So I wanna encourage you to lean in today and uh, uh, engage. If, you, if something's said that you're like, man, that's, that's for me, I receive that, just say amen. Shout a brother down and uh, I'll be all the more thankful for it. And uh, if you are a guest with us today, one of the things that we do is like to dig deep into our word here. And so today I wanna cover a subject matter that I think is really important for us today. Uh, for those of us who wanna grow in Jesus. Is there anybody who wants to grow today? I wanna, I wanna, I wanna become more in my walk with him. And so that's the, that's the direction of our, of our message today. So 2 Peter chapter one, verses three through 11, says this. His divine power has given us everything required for life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. By these, he has given us very great and precious promises so that through them you may share in the divine nature, escaping the corruption that is in the world because of evil desire. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with goodness, goodness with knowledge, knowledge with self-control, self-control with endurance, endurance with godliness, godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, somebody shout increasing. increasing. Come on, someone shout increasing. increasing. In increasing measure, they will keep you from being useless or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. The person who lacks these things is blind and short-sighted and has forgotten the cleansing of his past sins. Therefore, shall therefore? therefore, because of all of these things that we've just read, therefore, Peter writes, brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election because if you do these things, you will never stumble, which is a big statement to us, isn't it? Yep. To never stumble. We're gonna clarify that in just a moment, but I want us to keep that in the back of our mind as we continue on this morning. For in this way, entry into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ will be richly provided for you. Today, as we continue on in our series, you are here, I wanna to speak to you about the subject, growing out of it. Someone shout, I'm growing out of it. Come on, turn to your neighbor to say, I'm growing out of it. As we look at the idea of spiritual formation and maturity. Will you pray with me just one more time this morning? Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it's alive, it's active, it's powerful, has the ability to transform us from the inside out. And so God, I pray that your word today would illuminate our minds and our hearts. Once again today, as we come to the teaching of your word, the proclamation of your word, I pray that it would shape us and mold us, God. I pray that we would leave here different than how we came in thinking differently, seeing differently, perceiving differently, feeling differently. And God, I pray that your word would come alive in these moments together today. And so we submit ourselves to you and your presence in Jesus' mighty name, and everybody shouted. Uh, parents, I don't know how many of you are super excited like we are to have our kids finally going back to school. Is there, okay. Can I, can I just get a show of hands, all the parents who are pumped about this, okay? Okay, a few of you. Where are my parents who are like, yes, I just love them at home all the time. Where are you guys at? Okay, there's a few of you, all right. I have no idea what you're talking about. Um, just so you know, I joke about these things. I love my children, but man, it's good when they go, so. Um, 
We're excited about it. Friday is our staff's day off around here, and so when the kids are in school, uh, it's just her, her and me time, which is fantastic, and uh, amen, come on. And so, but uh, as we get back to, to the school season and our, our students around here get ready to go back to school, there's some things that I've been made aware of in my own household and reminders of how I grew up. And I don't know if you guys grew up like me, but there was the moment at the back to school season when you started to get new clothes for school. Anybody? right? And uh, a few of you got new clothes. The rest of you went without. But um, <laughs> how many of you remember this moment? New clothes, like you're getting all your school supplies and everything. Like that. Y'all remember when you got new shoes as a kid? You could run faster and jump higher. <laughs> Did you ever do that? My kids get new, new shoes and my little daughter, she's fine. She's like running across like she's like, and I'm like, babe, you are still slow. And so <laughs> they didn't help you. Um, but I remember that season. I remember that season when it was new clothes and you get ready and it was the one time of the year when, you're, when your kids actually pay attention to the clothes and they lay them out appropriately and they fold them. Give us three weeks, they're all over the place, right? No one, no one cares anymore. But as we're getting ready to go back to school and we're getting our kiddos clothes and getting them all ready for everything, there was conversation as to how much we were gonna get them. And uh, so we're like, well, you guys have stuff from last year. Like, you've got, it's okay. Like, don't, you, you can still wear that. We got it for you during the summertime, so on and so forth. And then here's, here's the theme a lot of the conversation uh, centered around when I heard this. They don't fit anymore. Mom, my clothes don't fit. My, my shoes don't fit anymore. My boy's legs have gotten longer. His arms lankier. My daughter, she's getting taller. And all these, all these things point to the fact that my kids are growing. Which is obviously for us super sad because we realize we're moving into teenage years and our kids aren't the small little people that we loved and were so cute anymore. Now they're... Why? Because they're grown up. They're grown out of some things. And Peter's list of virtues here and these verses that we just read is his way of saying, hey, listen, if you are in a relationship with Jesus, there's gonna be this season and should be a continuous season that you are growing out of some stuff. That when I come to Jesus, I'm not who I used to be anymore. Oh, I show up ragged and I show up beat up and I, I show up bruised and he meets me right where I'm at. But because of his loving kindness and because of his goodness and because of who he is, I don't stay where I was and I don't, I don't stay how I showed up, but I'm, I'm growing out of it. I'm taking steps forward. I'm not who I used to be. I'm not where I want to be, but I'm definitely not where I used to be. Why? Because I'm, I'm growing out of it and certain things don't fit anymore and certain ideas don't fit anymore and certain ways of being don't fit anymore. Why? Because I'm growing out of it. I think we all want to grow, don't we? The question is, is in what way are we growing? Are we growing in maturity? Are we growing in depth? And are we growing in understanding? Are we growing in a way that is peace-producing and life-giving? Are we growing in a way that is, is counter to personal, relational, and spiritual health? You see, one way that we are able to recognize whether we are actually growing or not is because we are no longer able to fit into what we used to. In this case, with my kids right now. The proof of growth is that 
They no longer fit into what they used to. They can no longer wear what they used to. You maybe heard this said, maybe you've said it yourself before, I just wanna go deep with God. I found it interesting that many people who wanna go deep still fit into the old. I wanna go deep. In other words, translated, I wanna intellectually know about the Bible, but I don't want the Bible to reform who I am. I wanna go deep, but I still fit into that. I wanna go deep, but I still fit into this. I wanna go deep, but I still fit into the old. And God's saying, listen, if you wanna go deep, you're no longer gonna fit into what you used to because my goal for you is growth. You should be growing. This is the goal of our faith. Apostle Paul would write in Ephesians 4.13 as he would say, growing into maturity with a stature that is measured by Christ's fullness. I don't know about you, but that sounds great. I want some of that in my life. Anglican Bishop J.C. Ryle put it this way, when I speak of man growing in grace, I mean simply this, that his sense of sin is becoming deeper, his faith stronger, his hope brighter, his love more extensive, his spiritual mindedness more marked. He feels more of the power of godliness in his own heart. He manifests more of it in his life. He is going from strength to strength, from faith to faith, and from grace to grace. And so when I'm growing and there is spiritual formation happening in my life, it means that I can no longer fit into that old doubt. I can no longer fit into that perspective. I can no longer fit into that attitude. I can no longer fit into that fear. I can no longer fit into that anger. I can no longer fit into that sin. I can no longer fit into that heaviness. I can no longer fit into that destructive behavior. I can no longer fit into that bitterness. I can no longer fit into that divisiveness. I can no longer fit into that unforgiveness. I can no longer fit into that bondage. Why? Because I'm growing out of it. Come on, is anybody with me in church today? I'm growing out of it. Here's, if you need a working definition for spiritual formation and growth, it's this. Spiritual formation is the process of no longer fitting in what used to fit. How do I know if I'm growing? You ever asked that question before? How do I know if I'm changing? It's because you can no longer fit in what you used to. Come on, have you ever tried to fit into an old pair of pants? Everybody looking forward. <laughs> You're in there, an old, an old shirt. I put a shirt on the other day as we've been clearing out closets. I put a shirt on. And uh, it was in my younger days that I had this shirt. And uh, I tried to put it on. When I put it on, it like, <laughs> I was like this. And I could barely button it, so the button, I had to like hold everything together, right? And then all I could think of was Chris Farley. <laughs> <laughs> That's in the Bible. <laughs> it, no, it, it no longer fit. Why? So it, so it told me, <laughs> bad or good, right, wrong, or indifferent. I don't fit into it anymore. But I really do think that's what it looks like for our spiritual formation is I can look back on things and go, I don't, I don't fit into that anymore. Yeah. I could be around people and be like, yo, listen, I, I don't fit into that anymore. I'll be alone in the quietness of my thoughts and realizing when that thing is trying to get in my mind that used to destroy me, I'm able to say, by Jesus' name, I don't fit into that anymore. It's not my portion. It just doesn't, it just doesn't fit. And so we've got to deal with this issue of spiritual growth. See, the goal of our faith, it's not ambiguous. It's not abstract. It's not indistinct. It's not unspecified. There are distinctives to our faith. Peter's going to share some of those distinctives and 
Just so we're very clear today, I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna wander through each of those pieces. We're not gonna explore each of those pieces because we could literally be teaching those, those, uh, that growing list, if you will, in Second Peter chapter one right there. Uh, we could go for another eight to nine weeks in the series and we just simply don't have that, that time together anymore. But the truth is, is that each one of these characteristics should be taught at great length in a later reality. But what this is what I want us to note this morning. As a commentator writes this, there is no distinct logical order progression in which each virtue leads into the next. They are not to be worked out one at a time in the order presented, but this is what he says, but are all to be developed together. In other words, we are holistically growing. We're not just focusing on one thing. And I think that's a trap of a lot of modern day spiritual guruism, if you will is that what we try to do is we try to grow in one thing, become a master of that one thing, and then believe we can move on to this other thing. But then, I don't know if you're like me, if I just kind of reason through things, I go, well, how do you decide, who decides which one's more important, right? So you have this growing list right here in Second Peter, and we're walking through this, and Peter's going, listen, I don't want you to get tripped up on which one's more important or not. What you need to understand is that the totality of who we are, we are growing. So in one moment I'm working on one thing and then the other moment I'm working on another thing and I'm growing in all of these things together. Why? Because stuff is being fleshed out in my life. So don't get tripped up in the list. I want us to hear the overarching reality, which is, hey, I'm growing out of it. And this is what spiritual growth and formation looks like. So here's what I wanna do. I wanna take just the next few minutes together and I wanna walk through some ways that we can, some truths associated with what it means to grow spiritually. And, uh, and then at the end of this message today, we're gonna take some time and we're gonna share communion together. Does that work for everybody? Yeah. Awesome. So I need your help today. Come on, every shot number one. Yeah. Here's the first truth that we need to understand about spiritual growth is that spiritual growth is enabled, every shot enabled? enabled? It's enabled by the promises of God. Spiritual growth is enabled by the promises of God. This is what it tells us in 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 to 4. Now, what we have to remember from the outset is that the life that we have been called to live for Christ is empowered by Christ. I want to say this one more time to each section of the room so we can get this. The life that we are called to live for Christ is empowered by Christ. The life that we live for Christ is empowered by Christ. One more time over here. The life that we have been called to live for Christ, it is empowered by by Christ. This is important lest we get tripped up thinking that we are our own source of empowerment. And I also, for those of us who might be a little bit more theologically trained or we've been reading our Bibles for a while, I want to make sure that I'm very clear here. I do not believe that we resource our own power. Our faith is not on on our own willpower. Our faith is resting on the one truth and it is this, that God empowers me. I have his spirit. Why is this important? Because so many of us are getting exhausted trying to do something in our own will rather than his spirit. You're weary, you're frustrated. Because you're trying to do it on your own. See, his word is a full collection of promises that are assessed to our lives as we learn to love God with all of our mind, all of our soul, and all of our strength. So Peter leads out, lest we be confused as to where my empowerment comes from, where my power comes from, I got the power. You guys remember that? 
If you call yourself a, prof a professing follower of Jesus, can I let you know you've been empowered by the Spirit of God? Yeah. They run around, I got the power. Like, you got it. <laughs> so the transformation that we have in Christ affords us through his promises to continue to grow in maturity and strength. Now, Dallas Willard, one of the most prolific authors concerning spiritual growth and maturity, writes in his book, Renovation of the Heart, this very pointed truth. I wanna read it a little bit slower so you can hear the words and the idea that he's trying to drive. He says this, now, what is the mistake more commonly made by believers and others today as they approach these glowing passages about the children of light? They do not understand the presupposition of inner transformation into Christ's likeness that accompanies all the passages. They assume that we are supposed to do all the glowing things mentioned in such passages without loving God with all our hearts, our souls, our minds, and our strength. In fact, they think we must do them while our hearts, our souls, our minds, and strength are strongly inclined in the opposite direction against God. And of course, their despair is totally justified. What they are thinking would be completely impossible. This is what Dallas Willard is saying, is if you don't love God, you can't live for him. Now, let me make it practical, and I wanna just preface this next statement with, I love my wife with everything that I am. But I can't live for her if I don't love her. Why? Because I'm going against, uh, do you see how that works? They, I'm going in the opposite direction. So it's because of my love for her that I'm pulled into a doing mechanism. And here's the despair that many of us feel when we talk about messages and we go through messages like this in the, in the vastness of our congregation this morning, what happens is we feel there's undue burdens that are assessed onto some of your shoulders because you think we're trying to convince you to change your moral behavior, change the way that you do things outside of first and foremost, finding yourself in a radical love relationship with Jesus. Yeah, yeah. So let me set some of you free this morning. If you don't love Jesus, you're not gonna be able to live for him. Yeah, yeah. And some, for some of you right now, this is shaking your understanding of God because we think that this is just some romantic love affair that we have with Jesus when he's going, no, if you love me, you'll follow me. All throughout scripture, if you love me, you'll, you'll follow my commands. If you, if you love me, you'll, you see this? He's not saying you're earning something, he's just saying there's always a response. So spiritual growth is enabled by the promise of God. What's the promise of God? Well, in Christ, my eternity is secure, baby. Come on. It's enabled. He told me that I would receive power from on high. Are y'all tracking with me today? You, you, you working with me? And so this is really important because what I don't, I wanna make sure happen is I don't want some of us to be like, man, I'm just climbing this moral ladder where I gotta just keep on doing and keep on doing and keep on doing. You don't do if you do not love. That'll set some of us free today. So I love my wife. So I mowed the lawn yesterday for five hours. love my wife, so I do the dishes at least once a week. <laughs> I'm not earning her love. She's not lording it over me. But I'm, I'm responding to her. 
Y'all see what I'm talking about? We're gonna talk about more of this in a second, but what we have to understand is that this spiritual growth that takes place, it's enabled by the promises of God. See, the despair that is associated with much of the spiritual growth conversations that are taking place is that there's a misunderstanding as to the power source of that growth. You are not your own power source. God is the power source for your growth. You participate with his power. Someone needs to write that down today. I participate with his power. Number two, everybody shout number two. There's the second truth that we need to understand about spiritual growth is that spiritual growth is reflected by these divine virtues. Everybody turn to your neighbor right now and say, it is, it is of the utmost importance, come on, that I reflect Jesus. <laughs> that, that's the call of God on our life, that I reflect him. Ephesians chapter four, verses 20 through 24. But that is not how you came to know Christ, Paul the apostle writing, assuming you heard about him and were taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, to take off your former way of life and the old self that is corrupted by deceitful desires, to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self, the one created according to God's likeness in righteousness and in purity of the truth. There is an old me and there is a new me. There is a me that used to be and there is a me that God is making me into. There is a me that did not, it rejected Jesus and there is a me that is reflecting Jesus. Jesus. I don't fit anymore into my old way. Why? Because I've been made a new creation. So I reflect Colossians chapter three, verses eight to 11. But now put away all the following anger, wrath, malice, slander, and filthy language from your mouth. Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old self. Every shot old self. Every shot old self with its practices and have put on the new self. You're being renewed in the knowledge according to the image of your creator. In Christ, there is not Greek and Jews, circumcision and uncircumcision, barbarian and Scythian, slave and free, but Christ is all and in all. These are just a few of the many verses contained in scripture concerning the mandate upon each of our lives to reflect the image of Christ. In other places, words like conform, submit, honor, transform. These are reflection terms. Terms that designate the state in which we are to be in relationship to Christ and the world that we have been called to serve. So here's the thing. My job as a husband isn't just to be a good husband. My job is to reflect Christ in my husbanding. My job is to reflect Christ in my parenting. My job isn't to be a good pastor. My job is to reflect Christ in my leadership. Like four amens, let's try that again. (laughs) Y'all see what I'm talking about? I told somebody this the other day. Uh, I am not a pastor by profession. I'm a pastor by calling. I'm a Christian before I'm anything else. Take this title away from me, I'm still following Jesus. Take the pulpit away from me, I'm still following Jesus. Take the platform away from me, I'm still preaching Jesus. Come on, on, somebody. Why? Because I'm a reflector. Someone needs to write that down today. My job is to be a reflector. Reflector of Jesus. That is how we know that we are are growing. So, the problem that many of us face, though, in reflection, is that we think it's outward only. 
my doing. Y'all still tracking with me? So if I behave a certain way, then I'm reflecting Christ. There's a problem with that. It's because, let's just illustrate it right now. All of us sitting in this room right now, you are behaving. Would you agree with me? For the most part, you're behaving. Some of you are like, where is this going right now? You're sitting down, you're contained in your chair, you did what the usher said. You're behaving. Because a lot of us look at the faculties of ourself and when they're doing something that we shouldn't be doing, then I'm not behaving and then I'm not reflecting Christ. But the problem is, is reflection goes beyond our doing, reflection is our being as well. It goes so much deeper. To be spiritually growing is more than just doing certain things appropriately, it's talking about the development of our soul. In other words, I'm working out my salvation daily. I'm transforming in who I am as God continues to work deep within me. But we don't talk about this that much because we have a tendency to buy into more of a moralistic gospel where it's just I keep on doing what I need to be doing, the things that are right. The problem is, is that right doing flows out of a right being. The transformation's gotta go deeper, so I'm developing in my, in my soul, I'm working out my, my salvation. Now, I'm gonna be very candid with, you, candid with you this morning. This is a hard task for us, isn't it? Yeah. Yesterday, I was mowing the lawn as I, well, doing more than mowing the lawn, because of these storms, my whole front yard blew up and became something that I didn't know it could possibly be, and so, I had the lawnmower out yesterday, I had the weed whacker out yesterday, and, and so I had the weed whacker strewn out on, the, on my uh, driveway. I'm trying to fix it because uh, I ran out of weed whacker line. How many of you know what I'm talking about? And I'm just a normal human being. And I'm gonna just admit to you right now in full disclosure, full honesty, uh, I almost became another human being yesterday <laughs> with the weed whacker line. Does it test anybody else's salvation? I'm just, okay. Yes, I'm amongst friends. So yes, I kid you not, I had been sitting on my driveway for 30 minutes, not able to get the weed whacker line into the weed whacker, the little spool, you know what I'm talking about? Because Ryobi over here thought it'd be funny, hey, let's just give him weed whacker line in 90 foot spools. And so I don't know if you're like me, but I'm trying to like get this all figured out and I'm tying, I'm kind of, I'm wrapping, you got both hands, you got your feet like clenching the thing. So you just look like a just weird turtle holding this like <laughs> thing. And all of a sudden you're like, I think I got it. I think I got it. And then you shift half an inch and <laughs> over and over and over again. And I'm getting frustrated. I'm sweating. So Erica comes over to try to help me as I've got all my appendages attached to my weed whacker line. And she's like, can, can I help you? And I just look up at her and I was like, I've got it. <laughs> Come on guys, you know what I'm talking about. I was not about to let that happen. She's like, I can help you. Can I hold this? Can I do this for you? I'm like, I've got it, I've got it, I've got it. So she walks away again and then like 30 seconds later, I was like, babe, I need you to come over here and help me. And this is what I said to her. I said, because if this doesn't straighten itself out soon, I'm gonna say some things that I'm gonna have to repent for and they're coming out loud. <laughs> so I kid you not, she came over and she, right when she touched it, boom, and I was like, I'm done, right? 
I did. I, went, I threw it on the ground. I walked to the front door. And guys, you know when we get angry and we're about to do some stuff? And so you're just like this. Like, you're just... <laughs> I don't even know where I'm going. I'm just on my front porch. I'm just... And I'm saying stuff, and I'm like, if there's a God in heaven! Okay, what's the point of the story? It's really just therapy. <laughs> this is where some of us get tripped up. I didn't say anything. No words came out of my mouth. My mouth behaved. But my mind didn't. <laughs> yeah. So a man thinketh. Mm. Out of the overflow of your heart. It may not speak right away, but it'll speak. Mm. I didn't say it yesterday. But if you were to bring me weed whacker line in the parking lot. <laughs> I might say some stuff. <laughs> so spiritual growth goes deeper than just my, my behavior. Yeah. Yeah. It's where's my soul at? Yeah. Where's your heart at? Where's your mind at? What are you giving your strength to? So you see what I'm trying to poke at here? And the problem that many of us face, especially in the modern American church, is that we're trying to boil it down to systematic behaviors. I could give you a laundry list long of the things that we should not do. They're good, we need that. But we're fighting against the tide if we're not first transforming here, here. My, I always point to my belly, that's just where my soul's at. I don't know about you, but. So we're gonna see spiritual growth going going deep. Here's the third and final truth, last one. Every shot number three. three. Spiritual growth is confirmed in conviction of calling. It's confirmed. Now, I want to be very clear about this truth that we are assessing right now, so we're going to allow the Greek to inform us. This is from a commentary on the book of Peter dealing with this word confirm, and it means this, to make sure that something is correct. It's a legal concept referring to ratifying or guaranteeing a contract. In other words, by living, by or exercising these virtues, the believer ratifies their calling from God. The term ratify, according to the dictionary, means this, to confirm by expressing consent, approval, or formal sanction. This is important, and the reason that I'm clarifying it, because I, I wanna make sure that we don't draft into a space that we shouldn't draft into, which is this, is that I have to earn my salvation. You don't earn your salvation, come on somebody. You can't buy it, you can't earn it, you can't pick it up anywhere, you can't order it from Amazon, we say this all the time around here, you can't pick it up at bulk at Costco and it's not gonna get price slashed at Walmart. Salvation is because of one thing and one thing only, and that is because Jesus was placed upon a cross. He died, he was buried, he rose again, and he ascended to the right hand of God. Oh, my salvation is a good gift. You cannot earn that, no matter how well you behave. Don't ever get up and be like, I'm earning my salvation today. Stop it. You can't do that. 
You will, you will perpetually be frustrated. Y'all with me? It's a gift. But we have, to, we have to interact with the salvation that's provided to us. We ratify it. So let's put it this way. Let me illustrate it this way, and then we're going to close and take communion together. We're having a good day at church today, right? We worshiped. The preacher was semi-good. I laughed a bit. It was fun. And then Jason did something wild. At the end of service, he said, hey, because of the generosity of this church, we've decided to buy everybody a brand new Tesla. <laughs> Come on, how many of you go home and be like, yo, this is the best church ever? <laughs> right? I don't even care what you think about Tesla. Just the fact that you were walking out and we said, hey, listen, like board approved, it's fantastic. Some, some of our board members in here are like, what's happening? <laughs> Board approved, walking out, and as you walk out of these doors right now, we just want you to, like, our ushers, they're gonna have them, they're standing at the front door, and you're gonna get a brand new set of keys to a brand new Tesla. They're all sitting in the parking lot right now. Elon delivered himself. <laughs> so as you walk out, Kiki, and Devon's pumped. D's pumped, so he walks out, and he's like, give me my key, right? And as he's walking out, Yahweh, <laughs> like, <laughs> Yahweh. <laughs> <laughs> So he's walking his car. We're all watching because he's singing at the top of his lungs. He's just, Yahweh. Like, he's just going for it. He's pumped. He's got a new Tesla. And you're watching him, and, and he's walking, he's singing, he's walking, he's singing. And then something weird happens. Devon keeps on singing right past his Tesla. And he keeps on walking. And he keeps on walking. We're like, yo, D, what are you doing? He can't hear you. Yahweh, like he's, we're all kind of standing back now watching, like what is happening right now? This doesn't make, make sense to me. Why is Devon not taking hold of the gift that's been given? He's got the keys. The gift giver gave it to him but he's walking right past it. And that's how many of us treat the gift of salvation that Jesus has offered to us. So we get it, put our hand up in a service. We go, we get our, connect, our, our, our card and our Bible. I've got, I've got all my stuff, but I don't let it transform me. I don't use the gift. Here's the term. I don't confirm it in my life. It's a gift that sits on the shelf and never does in me what it was supposed to do. Am I, am I talking to anybody this morning? So once again, I want to be very clear because I'm walking a theological tight light right now. You don't earn it. God has given it to you. But we confirm that it's working in us by living out of it. Now listen. Devon, he can do whatever he wants with his car. But if I was participating in the gift, I'm not walking past it. You see me running out of here. I'm not even gonna talk to any of you. I'm going to, I'm, I got my, I'm gonna get in that car. I'm gonna drive it for everything that it is. And I'm gonna enjoy it. I'm gonna sit in it. I might stay the night in it. 
I'll play with all the gadgets. Come on. If you just work metaphorically with me for a minute, I'm gonna use everything that's in it. Even if it doesn't matter, I'm gonna still touch the button. Right? Why? Because when you get into something new like that, you make sure like, duh, 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 right? You go, you go for it. You touch everything. I want it all. And it's, as your pastor, blows my mind. When I walk past the gift that Jesus has given me, and I just make it something I do on Sunday. The gift of salvation is freely given by God, but I confirm it in my life by the way that I use it day in and day out in Jesus' mighty name. Is there an amen in church today? Amen. <laughs> I'm asking everybody to stand to your feet right now as we get ready to take communion together. Before we take communion today, we're gonna pray a prayer. With every head bowed and every eye closed and no one looking around in here, would you do that for me right now? I don't know what brought you in here today, but it's not on accident that you're here. For some of us in this room today, this is a divine moment and a very important one for our lives. So right now we're gonna pray a prayer all together today, a prayer that is simply saying yes to Jesus and the salvation that we've just been talking about. And maybe you came in here today and you've been kicking the tires on faith and you're trying to figure it out, but something connected today in a different way. And you realize in this moment, man, I need Jesus. I, I, want, I want to follow Jesus. I want to be made new in Jesus. I want to grow out of what was. And so with every head bowed and every eye closed and no one looking around right now, we're going to pray a prayer all together. And if that's you today, I want to just invite you to pray with the, this prayer with all of us today so we don't leave anybody out. Come on, everybody, as loud as you can, would you just say this after me? Everybody say, Jesus, I'm giving you everything. I'm giving you my past. I'm giving you my right now putting my future in your hands. Save me, change me, make me new. Today I am receiving your gift of salvation and I'm gonna walk in it all the days of my life in Jesus' mighty name.